Hi, my name is Aisha McGowan, and this is Quick Brown Foxes, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of how to get more women of color into cycling by asking women of color how they got into cycling. Today, we're speaking with Devin Cowens, a community organizer, event planner, and advocate for BIPOC folks in cycling. She launched Radical Adventure Riders ATL in 2019 and is an avid bikepacker and gravel cyclist. I was contemplating if I should do the traditional podcast intro, even though I will probably definitely record it later. But I am very excited to welcome you all to this live edition of the Quick Brown Foxes podcast, a podcast where we seek to answer the question of how to get more women of color into cycling by asking women of color how they got into cycling. Today, we have the exclusive honor of speaking with my good friend and co-producer, Devin Cowens, uh, and they are going to tell you all about Bike Life. Let's bring her in. Hello. Wait, did you play an in- Did I get an intro slide or? Yeah. I was, I <laughs> I was in the back. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Okay, so Devin, traditionally what you're going to do is tell us who you are, where you're from, um, where you live, if those are different places, how you identify culturally, gender, whatever, and what you do. Okay, I think it was five questions. My name is Devin. My pronouns are she, her, originally from Dallas, Texas, but I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia. I culturally identify as black with a capital B. And my mom is from New Orleans, my dad is from Dallas. What do I do? That is nebulous. Um, I consider myself a connector, community organizer. I like to bike camp. I manage Radical Adventure Riders Atlanta. And I dabble in event planning and generally doing logistics. I think that covers most of what I do. Was that everything? Yeah, those are all the questions. How did you get into bikes? So growing up, my brother and I would ride bikes with the neighborhood kids and we played this game called City Hall, which I can't tell you now what we were actually doing besides like riding around and pretending to go to the bank in city hall and like with fake monopoly money. And in hindsight, it sounds really weird, but it was so fun. We would just like ride around the neighborhood and like have like adult tasks to do. And we called it city hall. Um, And then as an adult, that was when we were kids. And then as an adult, I moved to DC. I was doing um, AmeriCorps and I was really poor. And I couldn't afford to get around. And at the time, my brother was living in Chicago, and he was a bike messenger for Jimmy John's. He was like, oh, I'm building bikes now. Like, I can make you a single speed. And I was like, okay. So my dad and I flew to Chicago, picked up the bike for my brother. And this was back when, like, back when, 2011, when the airlines hadn't really figured out bike travel. And so it was, like, very expensive to get a bike back. 
from somewhere and my dad was like you could have just bought a friggin bike in dc instead of traveling to chicago getting the bike from your brother putting it in a box and then assembling like it was a whole thing he was like we are never doing this again i was traveling on united anyway so i got the bike and was in the dc airport and like trashed the box and put it together it was a single speed so it was like really easy to just assemble and then i I didn't ride from the airport because it was too far, but I got on the train, the metro, with the bike. And then I was, like, invincible after that. So back then I wasn't riding with a helmet on, and I rode in with headphones, which seems so young and free. But, um, yeah, that's how I started riding again, and um, it was a great way to see the city and um, party and have friend, hang out with friends, and I was, like, 25 so uh it was writing everywhere it was great yeah okay so we're gonna we're gonna move backwards we're gonna revisit a lot of things you said but we're gonna start from the very beginning how did you learn to ride a bike and do you remember oh. what that bike was oh gosh I think I had like oh god Probably, I'm, I don't know where the bike was from, but I remember it being pink and white and had like the tra like training wheel bikes. And I feel like my parents were, we'd my parents had just gotten divorced when I was like five. I remember having the new bike when I was at like my mom's house, like after they'd split up. And I think the bike was probably like a, your parents were divorced, here's a gift. Like, yay, bikes, um, which my parents are friends. It's great. We're very happy. Um, but I remember riding with training reels and like that experience of like actually having them come off. Um, and I'm pretty sure my dad and my brother, like my brother's only a couple years older than me, but they both like knew how to ride bikes. My mom did know, but wasn't as versed in it. Um, but I remember learning like in the driveway on Hollow Ridge Road um, in Dallas uh, when I was like five or six. Um, and it, I feel like everyone talks about Walmart bikes, um, but, you know, shout out to affordable, accessible bikes, you know, back in the day. That still happens now, but it's rare. So, yeah, that was, that was it. And just having an older brother, I feel like I always wanted to do what he was doing. So getting a bike was, like, I think part of that um, just copycat mentality I had for many years. Definitely can relate. Shout out to Walmart bikes. <laughs> I think a lot of us got started on those. Um, all right, let's talk about this this game because it's the most Devin thing <laughs> in the world. Like <laughs> nine year old Devin, like nine to eleven year old Devin, like doing logistics and and like being a Leo type A in a very. I don't even know. I can't remember how it came about, but like it was our neighbors across the street that we played with. There were like six of us, and we were just like. Going I was trying to the to, bank. Not the actual bank, but it would be like people's garages would be like the bank. So we had this like, it was kind of like what I would envision present day would be like something like The Sims, right? But like in reality, like you're like, you know, having like fake money. And actually, I've never played The Sims, but I've just seen, I think The Sims is like raunchy now. But back in the day, it was just like very basic. And we were just riding around like, oh, we're going to the bank. We need to like exchange money, you know, like adult things and it seemed it was so appealing like it'd be like oh what are you doing today it's like should we play street hockey or do city hall and it was like oh city hall 
We used, it was called City Hall. It was just this game. I'm just trying to imagine kids walking around <laughs> wishing for responsibility. It's just like, we're just like, oh, we're going to, and I don't know. I think it's the group. There were six of us and like me and this other kid were like the younger two. And we were just like, this is so cool. Like pretending to be an adult with like responsibilities and shit. It was so funny. I have to ask wow. in hindsight, does it still seem funny? It's like cringy now, but um, I don't know. It was like, I just, I do, it does feel nostalgic to just think of like, I don't know, growing up and like being on a street, like after school, knowing my neighbors riding around on bikes. So like there's, those memories feel really special because now it's like, I don't, I mean, I feel like that's much more rare because like you can't trust people. People are creepy. Like not that they weren't then, but they were like not, you know, like it just felt like you could trust a neighbor then I don't know maybe my mom didn't trust them but like you know you were just like able to sort of be like oh my mom would leave us outside for a little bit and it was like okay and now I'm like the way the cars come down my street I'm like mm, ain't nobody gonna be outside unattended you know what I mean so that feels really nostalgic like people taking care of each other in the sense of community but um yeah it's yeah, it was okay. So we're gonna fast forward. Yeah, we're gonna fast forward to adulthood. What was your first bike as an adult? The one my brother built. So it was a Schwinn 1986, like world bike, whatever that means. But I had that bike in DC for five and a half years, and then I moved to Atlanta in 2015, and I brought it with me. <clears throat> And in D.C., there were, like, two hills, two, two distinct hills. It's actually really fun to ride around on single speed because it was not hard. Like, I remember one night, like, ordering pizza, and, like, I had to get my – I ordered pizza, and, like, someone had stolen the front wheel of my bike. Oh, no. It's a whole thing. So I had one of those city bikes, and I was on the city bike – and then I also like ordered two pizzas and I have them, I got those, those whole food pizzas and put them in a bag. And then I was like holding my like single speed bike in one arm and then like the pizza on the other shoulder and like biking up, I had to get up this one hill and the rest of it was like really flat. And I was just like, I don't know. So like strong and free and like trying shit out, like, you know, it was just so more, so much more, um, like, <laughs> adventurous I will say but uh yeah it was there were just two hills in in DC that I had to conquer and then I moved to Atlanta and like decided to be a barista for like six months at Emory which never again but I (laughs) biked my commute was six miles each way which doesn't feel like a lot now but at the time like on a single speed I was working like 6 a.m to 2 p.m and like going between like midtown and Decatur it was just like I worked for I would like leave at 5 a.m get to work work for the shift and then get home at like 2 2 45 3 and just sleep like it was so exhausting um and that bike I I love that bike so much and then 2018 I suffered a self-contained um incident where the fork of the bike uh I was in a bike lane the fork of the bike buckled not really sure how that happened. Anyway, it was one of those things where it happened so fast and my life literally did flash before my eyes. People say that and you're like, what? And then it happens and you're like, oh, like 
and I can't really tell you what happened, but I was going downhill, like left dinner with some friends and I was like biking past the park and, uh, I just remember like flipping over and being like in the bike lane and my ankle was like stuck between the spokes and I was like on the ground, like what just happened? I need help. And some angel named Tom like walked up and was like, how can I help you? I saw it all happen. And I was like, can you please move me from the street? (laughs) (laughs) This man brought me to the side. I ended up having like, I lacerated the skin on my Achilles. Oh, fun. And, and like stitches that night. Um, and I had actually just like two months before broken up with my partner of like five years. And so it was like, who's going to take care of me? Anyway, I had some friends and it was fine. But um, it was a very like intense moment. Um, and I couldn't ride for several weeks. And I had to wear shoes with backs out for a while. Um, but it healed up nicely. And um, that same month, I got a geared bike, my first bike with gears in 2018 and the rest is history. So what geared bike did you get? And did you ever go back to single speed again or have you had geared bikes since? And what do you like about the geared bike versus the single speed bike? Okay, good questions. I'm never going back to single speed because um, what knees. Um, I got a geared bike. It was a specialized Dolce Sport. Her name was Zora. Um, RIP. I sold her to a tiny, a tiny woman um, in 2020 um, when I uh, was just moving to do more gravel and was like, I don't need a road bike right now. Um, but. I haven't gone to single speed. I've thought about having a single speed to ride around my neighborhood with, but like, I don't know, I'm 35. Like, you know, I think that there can be a benefit to training and pushing myself on a single speed, but like, the gears are great. It's easier. It's easier. But you know, I'm life like it's easier. I will challenge myself with like Scrabble and puzzles and like learning challenges at work. I don't need to be challenged like with a single speed, you know? Serious question. Um, as, as someone who's turning 35 tomorrow, do you think that's old? <laughs> um, I guess like, I just remember being so fit, like when I was younger, like younger in college and like I would run all the time and I would do all of these things. And now I'm like more tired, like I bounce back slowly. And the the motivation is like, where is it? It's hiding in the closet. And like, sometimes I'm just like, like it's, it feels like I just, I want, like, I want to work out. I want to push myself, but every now and then I'm just like, it feels like a single speed would just be like that much harder, you know, like just to like, I'm on the bike, I'm pushing myself and then having to also like be the, my legs be the gears is like, uh, just feels like a lot. Um, though, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, you, they say you turn the corner at 35, maybe in the next four years I'll be doing gravel events on a single speed. I don't know. I'm just kidding. That is not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. What are you up to now? I'm doing the Abundance Summit. Um, so I, um, gosh, I recently 
became what I'm referring to as a non-competitive sponsored athlete, which is great because again, Ride My Bike can do community organizing and have sponsors and feel comfortable. Um, so that's been really cool because I've been able to um, manage Radical Adventure Riders Atlanta, which is a bike community for folks who identify as women, trans, femme, non-binary. Um, women, trans, femme, non-binary. Uh, and uh, we do bike camping trips and a bunch of community building things. And so I can sort of do that and my sponsors support that work. So I'm able to not have to like go to an office every day, which is great. Um, I support Aisha in all of these, um, you know, operational roles as it relates to all the great programming you're doing. Um, and then, you know, I dabble in events. Um, you know, I love, you know, I identify as a connector which basically means I just love bringing people together. And so I think that my type A double Leo energy uh, suits well to event planning. And I do really enjoy it. I actually have described myself as like when an event is happening, I'll say in person because virtual is different, but when I have planned an event and I see it come to life in the moment, I do feel like I'm floating. Like it's actually transcendent. Like it's afterwards I'll, if an event goes well, I'll just be like on top of the world. It's, it's remarkable. Um, so that does feel like, like something I do really well, but then even at like a very base level, I'm like, okay, we're doing trivia. There's eight of us who knows each other. Where should they be sitting? So I'm very like interested in the experience people are having when they're connecting with one each other, connecting with one another and kind of how they're moving through a space. Um, so I feel like events is also something that people don't like doing and is hard. So you can charge a lot of money for it. And so I think that that is something that um, is important to do so that I can, you know, reach goals and continue to support all of the initiatives and things I want to be a part of. So yeah, those are the things I'm working on and some other kind of small projects, but a lot of bike packing, community organizing, and then some of my own like gravel events and, races um what's with the quotes because they're races but like I am racing myself you know I'm not that like counts. trying to race anyone so yeah it's I I do I had a friend actually was texting me last or messaging me last night and they were just like we were friends when I was living in DC and like really broke and we would always joke about like being really poor um and it, not like that but you know what I'm saying and they were like it is really a treat to see you like experience joy and to be shining for like all of the stuff we went through and like the process that we've sort of like charted. And, you know, I think that there's been a lot that's happened over the past couple of years, but I have had so many moments of joy in my life, especially recently. And I, even though sometimes I'm tired and work can bother me because there's a lot of it, I do have the privilege of like getting to do what I want most days and the work that I do is really special and meaningful to me. So that feels like something I didn't know that I could achieve at 35 and um, it feels really, really special and unique. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I think a question some other folks might have no one's asked it, but I have it. <laughs> oh. um, it's like where? So you had what sounds like a pretty like 
traumatizing experience um having your fork buckle and then hurting your Achilles in a pretty mm -hmm. serious way and you're still going but not only are you still going you're thriving and creating programming and doing all of these things how did you like how long did it take for you to want to get back like was there a period where you were like nah I'm good on bikes <laughs> or did you immediately like I got to get back out there I miss it so much or like what was that like yeah, I think the that accident happened at the intersection of a lot of other things in my life. And um, I definitely, like, was not going downhill fast when that happened. Like, I was on 10th Street, like, for folks in Atlanta, but, like, on Piedmont, just going down the hill, like, on the cycle track, like, with, like, two saddlebags on my bike. Like, I wasn't going very fast, but it was downhill. But I did find immediately after that I was very, like being on a road bike in the street going downhill, like I was squeezing my brakes for like two and a half years. I still actually descend fairly slowly on gravel. I think I moved to, to like off road because of that to just like not be around sort of cars and just have like this different experience. And it was just, I don't know, mentally felt like just a different environment to be in. Um, it didn't, you know, take the joy out of bikes but it did kind of scare me around just like going downhill fast. And I, I actually, I don't know, watching Shay like ride downhills in Atlanta. And like, you remember when you rode together and you were like, I feel like you were, I was watching you and I was like, how, where do I put my leg on a turn? Like I'm going to spin out, you know? But I think um, being able to transition to not be on, not be on road. And then also to just going slower and like taking it slow. Um, has helped. I also have learned that, you know, tire tread and bikes are, you know, designed like being on gravel and going downhill, like the bike is going to do what it's supposed to do. And the tires are meant to do what they're supposed to do. So if you break, that's actually not good because it like makes the process worse, right? There's a way to break, like not before the turn instead of in the turn and all of that. And so kind of, I think learning the technique and how to do it like more safely and with my comfort level helps. Um, I do practice going downhill fast without breaking on routes that I know. And when I can see around the corner, but it has been a process. I'm still working on it. Um, I'm kind of a scaredy cat. So that's just like a thing. Um, and then as far as kind of the programming and doing all the things, um, you know, I experienced bike joy on a very regular basis. And the, you know, the, the gist of it is I, I want to bring that to more people. And so being able to provide a uh, space for a community and to give folks opportunity to also have that bike joy is, I've used this term before, but, you know, soul enriching makes my heart swell. Um, and I mean that truly, like I've, yeah, so it feels really cool to be able to do this and to keep doing it, I hope, for a few years till people get sick of me. Um, but yeah, it was a transition. I mean, took some time, but uh, I don't really ride on the road anymore. I will do, like, a city ride with friends um, or coffee rides or, you know, ride to beer, but, like, longer training rides on the road, I'm, like, I, I it has to be with people that I trust and like at a time like Sunday morning when everyone's at church, you know, because people are crazy. 
So that's fair. I feel like I always have to remember that like my level of comfort on the street is much higher than most people, but I feel like I got, I don't know if I've just got really lucky because I feel like I, I learned to ride in, in Boston and New York and both of those places is very, they're very hectic. The drivers are not great. The streets don't necessarily make a ton of sense. Um, and it never deterred me, but I feel like now that I'm like training a bunch, I'm actually more nervous about it because I feel like, I don't know. I think I'm more protective of myself because it's like, I'm working so hard. If something happens, then it's all gone. Um, but I, I remember riding with you and Will one day and you were like, are you comfortable like riding in the street? I'm like, yeah, cool. And then riding behind the two of you, I was like, oh, they learned how to bike in New York. You were just like, it was so different. I was just like, like, oh my God. Um, but like you're on Lawrenceville Highway. I was like, what is happening? And I know that you take like the most direct route everywhere, which I don't do. So it was, I remember that experience vividly. Um, it was very, both scary and informative. But Okay, yeah. so it looks like... Um, there's a couple of questions for you, not for me, but from others. Oh, really? Um, Devin, what brand do you use for biking? I'm not sure if they mean what bike or what clothes or what do you have? Like, I know you're partnered with a couple of companies, but maybe you want to shout them out and maybe even talk about some of the stuff that you enjoy otherwise. Um, yeah, so... As of 2022, I ride for Diamondback Bikes. Um, prior to that, I was on the Radical Adventure Riders Gravel Team, which I enjoyed. Um, they're sponsored by Specialized. Um, I enjoyed and appreciated that time, but felt um, it more important to uh, spend more time locally. And Diamondback's been very supportive of my community organizing and Radical Adventure Riders Atlanta. Um, I ride a gravel bike. A uh, 46 centimeter gravel bike. Um, I just started, uh, I just, I did not just start. I have a mountain bike and I'm learning how to mountain bike very soon. Um, and then, uh, but mostly just, uh, I mean, I'm riding Diamondback now. So those are the bikes. Um, I love that their bikes are accessible and affordable and they're also um, working to get more folks on bikes who aren't sort of your typical cyclist, um, which I value and appreciate because not everyone comes to the bike for the same reasons. Um, so yeah, I think that's answers yeah, the no, question. That'll yeah. answer that. Um, yeah. do you sell merchandise and how can folks support you? Sam has so graciously, um, found the link to the RAR ATL contribution page, but are yes. there other ways? Oh, wow. That's, it's so funny. We built a website and then I forgot to tell people about it. And we've had one for months. Um, What's so the website? It's RARATL.com, which is really funny because... Um, are there any dashes or underscores? No. RARATL.com? Yeah, really easy. Um, thanks, Hannah, for doing that. Um, I do not sell merchandise personally. Um, that... Hmm. Yeah, I have no creative skills within me, and so I'm unable to um, make anything. But, um, you know, I'm really working to have RAR Atlanta be a sustainable entity for the future. 
Um, and so that means that we need support. And so that can look in various forms. You know, um, we have a gear library that we are accepting donations for of new or gently used. Um, please don't give us your trash. Uh, we are also renting a physical space uh, because it's important to have a courageous space where we can convene free of cis men. Um, and so we are paying rent. So uh, contributions, monetary contributions are always um, welcome. Um, and then um, we are always just looking to uh, expand our community. So if you know folks who are women, trans femme, non-binary, uh, who are in Atlanta or the Southeast, you know, I think we had someone come to our ride who's from Birmingham, Alabama, heard of the group. I think RAR as a, a larger organization will be expanding to chapters, more chapters over um, the next few years. But, you know, we're sort of a, hoping to be a hub for the Southeast. So tell your friends who are who identify within those areas. Um, we are centering black and brown folks and trans folks in that space. So we love our white cis friend, women friends too. And um, we acknowledge that it's important for them to um, make space and step back. So would appreciate, um, you know, any support folks can share of their uh, friends and siblings and cousins uh, who are uh, black and brown and identify as WTF or NB. So yeah, those are kind of the ways. Um, I have some stuff up in the works that I have yet to announce, but um, we'll be hearing about that stuff soon. So um, I'm super excited to share in the coming weeks, but um, yeah, just appreciate the opportunity and really just trying to funnel as much information and resources to RAR Atlanta and, and figure out how resource allocation can really work. In, in the current landscape. So yeah. All right, unfortunately that's all the time we have. Um, so I am gonna let you go and I know there's a couple of additional questions in the chat and you can answer those if you would like after we get on out of here. Um, but thank you so much. Thanks everyone, thanks Aisha, see you later. Bicycle, 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 race. For more on Devin Cowens, you can find her on Instagram at dev underscore rocks, D-E-V underscore R-O-X. And to find Radical Adventure Riders ATL, you can find them at R-A-R dot Atlanta on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at I suppose A Y E S U P P O S E, or on the internet at aquickbrownfox.com. Thank you to my sponsors, Live Cycling, SRAM, Zwift, and Carmichael Training Systems for all of your support. And to all of my patrons, thanks so much for sticking it out with me over the years. If you would like to become one of them, you can do so at patreon.com slash aquickbrownfox and join the likes of Shelly Witt, Meg DeCombs, Puma43, Tonsa Price Edwards, Paige Chase, Meredith Nielsen, Patch Highland, Michael Burns, Christiana E., Patrick Smith, Lauren Zimmer, Andrew Lale, David, Stay Kind, Nicholas Fortin, Spindrift Podcast, Brad Evans, Barbara Burlington, Vladimir Vence, Tariq Saleh, Jesse Orman, Jonathan Biddle, Rachel Olzer, Sandra Walter, Leslie Kimmeyer, Amy Kay, Marnie Aness, Margaret Smitty, Jono Davis, 
Frank Spinillo, LC, Lucia D, Lewis Hodge, Rosie Jacobson, Kat C, Christina Torres, Leanne Evanson, Jess Strangward, Evan Brooks, and Amy Ongiri. Thank you all so much. Until next time, bye.